does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell, and we push through one more hour of football. Coming up, got Colts to talk about, high school football to talk about. Right now, though, he's a happy man. He should be. He's the star of our show. It's Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, you bet you might have done a victory lap around the studio. That was needed. If you are a Notre Dame fan slash a Cubs fan, you need a pick-me-up on a Saturday night. Audric Estime just delivered 30-yard touchdown run. Notre Dame took the lead. They converted the two-point conversion. 21-14 Irish lead Duke. 31 seconds left. That drive, though, not possible without a 4th and 16 scamper from Sam Hartman. Broken play. Hartman ran it 16 yards for the first down. He spiked it, and then they ran it with Estime. Now, I think the Irish were trying to run it with Estime to try and set up a game-winning field goal. Instead, Estime took it to the house for 30 yards, and the Irish lead 21-14. So, we'll see how that holds up. Duke does have 31 seconds on the clock in the fourth quarter. Elsewhere, Maryland hammered Indiana today, 44-17. Tough day, Taven Jackson. No touchdowns, one pick. How about Tua Tugaviola's brother, Tolan Tugaviola? He's been at Maryland for what feels like 17 years. His first year there was in 2020. He had 352 yards of passing today against the Hoosiers. Purdue, well over Illinois today, 44-19. Hudson Card, very good, 217 yards, two touchdowns and no picks. Western Michigan, they get past Ball State, 42-24. Although Ball State's quarterback, Lane Hatcher, amazing, 26 of 37, 316 yards, three touchdowns in a losing effort. Other scores from around the state, NAIA Division Three level. Indiana Wesleyan took down Siena Heights 48-12. Marion over Lawrence Tech 44-17. It was Rose Holman swatting Anderson 64-3. Mount St. Joseph crushed Manchester 69-14. Defiance over Hanover 27-21. Franklin defeated Bluffton 31-24. Wabash 31, Ohio Wesleyan 13. DePaul just destroyed Overland 66-7. And Uindy over Missouri S&T 26 2-13. Indianapolis Colts tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock against the L.A. Rams. Line is even a half on both sides. Over-under is 45. Colts facing the Rams only for the fourth time since 2013. Back in 2013, that's the year I graduated high school, the Rams were still in St. Louis. Last time they met, 2021, Carson Wentz's second game as a Colt. 27-24 was the final. Here's the issue. The Colts are already without left tackle Bernard Ryman and center Ryan Kelly. They're both out due to concussions. Left guard Quentin Nelson is questionable with a toe injury. Braden Smith, right tackle, did not practice on Friday. He's dealing with a wrist problem. On the defensive side, neither DeForest Buckner or Grover Stewart were involved in practice on Friday. 
Buckner with a groin and back issue. Stewart's got a foot problem. As for the Rams, they're still without Cooper Cup. Ben Skoranek, former Notre Dame wide receiver, is questionable. Aaron Donald did not practice on Friday, the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But, of course, the Colts are going to see Aaron Donald. In all this, the positive for Indianapolis, quarterback Anthony Richardson is back in action. Just announced this week, the Brickyard 400 is back after being on the road course the last few years. They're on the Oval again. Brickyard 400 next July the 21st from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Over to Major League Baseball, the Miami Marlins defeat the Pittsburgh Pirates 7-3. With that, even though the Cubs got a win tonight in Milwaukee, the Cubs have been eliminated from playoff contention. Cubs beat the Brew Crew 10-6. Doesn't matter. Same case for the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds unable to take a victory against the Cardinals 15-6. So, the Reds, their playoff hopes are also over Miami in that final playoff spot. The Irish have the ball in victory formation. 18 seconds. They're going to win it 21-14. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Brought to you by the Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King, how exactly did Notre Dame win this game? Coach, I've been asking myself that for the last five minutes. It was fourth down. Did you, get an, did you come up with an answer? No, but I'll tell you what the difference was. Fourth and 16, Notre Dame had nothing. There was an offensive pass interference call in which the Irish were, you know, backtracked 15 more yards. It was first and 25. They got it to second and 16. Then third down, got no dice. Broken play on fourth down. Sam Hartman just runs with some room in front of him. He picks up 16, coach, and then they spike it. And then we talked about all night long, Notre Dame was just unable to get anything started on the ground. Even though Audric Estime had a touchdown score earlier in the game, he was held under 50 yards, which never happens. Well, of course, second down after the spike, they hand it to Estime probably just to get some yards for a potential field goal. (laughs) How about he runs it in for 30, Uh, and that's how the Irish win. Right. We had had already written this game off. You know, they weren't playing well. And uh, how about them? Found a way to win. You find sometimes these types of wins, you use use this as a springboard. You know, obviously you don't know until the season's over. It's premature to say that that's what's going to happen. But it can, in fact, be that way. So that's good. Well, good for them. All right. uh, Colts tomorrow taking on the Rams. This ought to be an act. I think this should be a good game because I think these are two evenly matched matched football teams. Yeah, I think so. Again, I think that's why the Vegas line is even. I I really don't pay much attention to the lines, but, you know, when it's a straight-up toss-up, I think that's something you kind of keep in mind, especially with the bit of an unknown factor due to both injuries. You know, Matthew Stafford is – Clearly, the more experienced of the two quarterbacks with Anthony, Anthony Richardson returning. But, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing AR again, and I'm looking forward especially. Colts coaches have been asked a lot over the last two weeks of how Anthony Richardson can better protect himself. Well, he's been in concussion protocol, and I'm sure since he hasn't been able to practice until this week, a lot of his meetings were about, okay, how do you be aggressive on the ground without getting concussed? (laughs) And that's what Richardson is going to have to answer over, of course, the next number of years because he's aggressive. Shane Steichen's calling Mm -hmm. those quarterback design runs Mm -hmm. for him, and he's got to find a way to execute those runs without getting hurt every two weeks. Easier said than done, Absolutely, quite frankly. Absolutely. 
but of of crucial importance to this football team. You know, the it's it's a game. There's a lot of variables in this game. Defensively, you know, the Rams are pretty good. Colts defense, I think, has acquitted itself quite well to this point. It just again, you look at how these teams stack up against each other. Uh, in some ways, um, they're very, very similar on both sides. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, both teams have just exceptional defensive tackles. I mean, nobody's better than Aaron Donald. I mean, that guy, right. he could he could retire tomorrow, Coach, after the game, and he's heading to Canton. I mean, he is that type of player. Uh, but DeForest Buckner, for one, I mean, he is an exceptional football player. And Grover Stewart has really carved out a solid career for him in Indianapolis. And he has been relied upon for years upon years upon years now. Uh, to stop the run, and that's one of the things that the Colts' defense has done so well between Buckner and Stewart. I mean, that's like a a brick wall at times. Uh, So it's going to be challenging for running backs tomorrow. And, you know, you talk about Notre Dame connections. We mentioned Ben Skoranek, the wide receiver for Mm -hmm. L.A. You know, the starting running back nowadays for the L.A. Rams is none other than former Domer Kyron Williams. So he takes over the starting reins there for L.A. Right. um, It's sort of a homecoming for him. He's not from Indiana, but he did spend a good amount of time in the Hoosier State, and he's going to play at Lucas Oil Stadium tomorrow where he was – for the NFL Combine. Had a chance to ask him a couple questions a couple years ago. He was drafted by L.A., and now here we are. Well, you've had a tough day. Kind of a, now, you know, having the the Cubs not make the playoffs, you've been able to have that semi, that pain kind of semi-managed uh, by having Notre Dame with a thrilling come-from-behind type of win big win for them today so all in all it's not a bad day for you yeah again coach i'm doing well i um to be perfectly truthful with you this the cubs exceeded my expectations this year right i I did not have on my bingo i thought cody bellinger was gonna have a good year but i did not have on the bingo card he was going to return to mvp type level so i think you know the the cubs really benefited from that they got a great starting pitching year round i mean marcus stroman was arguably the best uh, right hander in the nl for the first half so i think there's a lot of positives to take out of the cubs season and now you turn your attention to 2024 which i have thought all along is their year back to prominence and next year is going to be a lot of fun all right we'll hold you to that brendan king coming up with a scoreboard update After the scoreboard update, Paul Condry and I are going to talk about the pairing show, number one. And secondly, we'll wrap up last night's high school football, week number seven, as we get ready not long from now for some playoff football. Again, scoreboard update coming up with Brendan King. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. What a remarkable win for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. 
Somehow, someway, the Irish survive. They are 5-1 on the season. They remain undefeated on the road. 21-14, the final over number 17, Duke. Sam Hartman put together a sixth-year drive at the end. It was fourth and 16. He needed all 16 yards up for a scamper. He got the first down. Notre Dame then spiked the ball when they handed it to Audrick Estime, who carried 30 yards for a touchdown score. Estime finishes 18 carries, 81 yards, and two touchdowns as the Irish prevail in Durham. Unbelievable. But now it's no rest for the weary because the Irish, now they're going to get a little bit of a break coming up with a bye week and then pit. But the fact that the Irish still have Clemson and USC on their schedule, it is not going to be an easy transition for Notre Dame coming up here soon. Back to the Colts. Colts and the Rams tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium. Looks like a perfect day in downtown India. I think we are potentially, listen, we are potentially going to have a roof slash window open on October 1st. Honestly, I love roof tweets from Jim Ursay. And tomorrow, we might get roof and window open as the Rams come into town. DeForest Buckner, questionable, as is Quentin Nelson. But Braden Smith, right tackle, missed practice Friday, as did Grover Stewart. We already know. Bernard Ryman, left tackle, and center Ryan Kelly, both out with concussions. Anthony Richardson is back. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk Friday night, high school lights. You know, uh, last night, week number seven. It's hard to believe. I understand all that. And as we do on Saturdays, we talk to the man. The man is Paul Condry. He uh, literally wrote the book on um, high school sports, high school football, high school and college football. It's called The Indiana Football Digest. And, Paul, week seven in the books, uh, as we talked about last week, there there were uh, plenty of good games, maybe not as many uh, of the marquee type of uh, highly ranked versus highly ranked, but uh, still – a really good night of football last night, and it was a perfect night to play, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, it was really a neat night, and so was tonight because we had a couple of them today. And I want to start off with a couple games that uh, jump right off the page. And, Coach, I know that uh, we've all been through this as coaches and, and whatnot, but I want to give kudos out to the South Bend Clay Colonials because they stopped the state's longest losing streak this afternoon against North okay. Newton as they were able to win. That streak stops at 34 games. And then, of course, on Friday night, Southport with a big win. Uh, against Terre Haute North. They stopped the second longest losing streak in the state of Indiana as they uh, were able to beat uh, uh, Terre Haute uh, North in their particular right. ballgame. So congratulations to both those programs. No one wants to be in that situation. Right. And uh, more often than not, you just kind of find yourself in a in a transitional phase. And so I'm happy for those coaches, especially for South and Clay, because South and Clay is going to be closing after this year. And for those yeah. kids to be able to yeah. go 
out on a positive note. Uh, that is really, really neat because uh, for a long, long time, South Bend Clay was the, the creme de la creme, if you will, of high school football here in St. Joseph County. And I'm, I'm happy for those kids that have been able to kind of just weather the storm and find themselves in that position. But, yeah, you're right, Coach. It was a great night. The weather was absolutely picture perfect. Uh, we've, we've inched a little closer uh, down, the, down the line to some teams winning some conference championships. We had a couple teams that may have uh, mathematically may have clinched crowns, but mm-hmm. I tell you what, mm-hmm. the next two weeks are going to be really, really interesting because we have a lot of teams that are going into these next two weeks with either perfect records or with one loss. So right. if somebody stumbles here, stumbles there, the next thing you know, you're going to be either be sharing a conference championship or you're going to winning a conference championship outright. And I think every coach who's ever coached the game of whatever sport it is, the number one thing you want to do for is uh, you want to put goal number one, let's win our conference, let's win our sectional, let's win the state championship. I think those are all in sequential order. And so those things are going to be cited uh, in the next couple weeks. And there were some great games. There were some great performances. And when it's all said and done, I was really, really happy to see some uh, some student athletes and get some recognition as well as some coach uh, uh, you know, kind of make some noise along the way this, right. this past Friday night. Friday nights are just special. And, you know, the, the story of South Bend Clay is a great one. You, you know what? It's hard. You know, you get in that streak and, and, you know, everyone talking about you, not in a positive way, and you're not feeling great about yourselves. But to stay together, uh, to keep battling in practice and keep battling through the season and get a game like that, that's, that's what this really – I don't mean to be cliched, but that's what this is about. Yeah, it really is. And I know for Darius Mitchell, I've talked to him on numerous occasions, and I know that they've had to kind of uh, change their schedule because no one wants to play them because they know they're closing. They couldn't get any of those one-year contracts. They're actually playing three uh, local teams, junior varsities, just to fill out their slate. Uh, and wow. so they're just trying to do the right things. And Darius took on a project. And as I alluded before, when Mike Koontz was the head football coach for 20-plus years, Southland Clay was a former formidable opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, got all the way to the uh, semi-state at one point in time. Uh, it's a, you know, as you were, as you look back historically, you can look back, especially in some of those urban dynamics, you can see uh, some of those, uh, those cycles kind of play itself out where, you know, this program will come along for four or five years. As a matter of fact, you're thinking of, of South Bend, you know, last night, South Bend Riley lost its first football game uh, of the season after a, you know, a tough hard lock loss to a very, very good New Prairie team that kind of just really kind of took it at them and, and kind of really kind of exposed some of their uh, deficiencies. But those are the kind of things that are going to happen, and I was excited for uh, Darius and the Clay Colonials to be able to do that. Al Hartman, their longtime athletic director, has been a good friend and a longtime supporter of ours through the many, many years, and I'm excited for what they're going to be able to do. I don't know how many games they're going to win the rest of the season, mm-hmm. but those boys, especially those senior boys, are going to be able to go out uh, with a big smile on their face knowing that that they were able to end the streak all right last night let's talk about some specific games the uh, big matchup in evansville memorial and rights you know both ranked in the top five and four a two really really good programs obviously and uh, Wrights owns this one 34 to nothing, which to me might have been the biggest surprise in terms of score in last night's action. 
Yeah, 15 straight wins now for Wrights. And uh, Corey Brunson, uh, you know, who, who's a, is a diehard uh, Evansville Wrights kind of guy. The junior, and he had a great performance last night from his junior quarterback, Ben Davis, who had two touchdown passes. He also rushed for another one. But Wrights' defense is where it's been at. They've been in kind of a that beast mode mentality. They've only given up 6.4 points per goal ball game so far this season. I think that bodes well uh, for them in the postseason play. But, you know, like we're talking about uh, also in Vandenberg County, a big win last night for Joey Paradine's Evansville North team as they were able to knock off in since Lincoln uh, behind Caleb um, Harris, who, uh, and of course, and then the other aspect, Caleb Harris, the senior, with 12 and a half sacks. He leads the, uh, the state in sacks, and, and they're coming off uh, two consecutive uh, uh, two consecutive shutouts for the first time since 1975. So, uh, obviously, you know, Vandenberg County down in that neck of the woods, that whole mm-hmm. Southern Indiana Athletic Conference plays tremendously competitive football, but big wins, I think, both for Wrights and North, and uh, you know, obviously Wrights at this stage with a front runner to win that conference championship as long as they don't stumble down the stretch, but that was some great football down along the river. Speaking of shutouts, how about Hamilton Heights throwing their fifth shutout in a row last night? You know, I tell you what, uh, th- this is kind of a very, very unique story because, you know, when you when you talk about the, the name Kirshner, the first thing that yeah. happens to you is you're going to talk about right. Mike. Mike, right. who's been a tremendously successful coach at Warren Central. But his son, John, has really done a formidable job because you think back on it, uh, and I think that's a great thing that you point out. You know, when you shut off, when you throw five shutouts in a row, it means you're really doing a great job. And their offense has been tremendous, averaging about 33 points a game, and honestly, as they look at the close out the season, they're in the same situation. They, they have South and Washington next week, and good luck with for Washington because they're not going to score any points against this defense. This defense is uh, in a in a situation where they're playing at a whole nother level, right? right. And, and I think this is a really really uh, good year for John and his kids. And of course, you know they're going to need to be able to make some plays because they're in a very very formidable sectional. And you know, anytime you're in in a, in a sectional that's uh, that, that's uh, got the kind of teams that they are in. They're in with Garen Catholic, Tippecanoe Valley. I mean, Coach, think about this. The sectional that they're in in 28, there are four teams in that sectional that are 7-0. and oh. That is right. amazing. And for them to be in that situation with Chittard, Peru, Tippecanoe Valley, and a really good Oak Hill team that's three and four. And then you could also throw Tommy Dilly's Garen Catholic team in there. McConnick was right. five and two. That may be the best sectional state. Well, you and I, speaking of that, you and I will get a chance to talk about that and others coming up a week from tomorrow, which doesn't seem possible. On the 8th of October, Paul Condry and I will be live and in studio at the IHSAA headquarters for the pairing show, and we'll have more of those kinds of discussions. And so, Paul, hang on through this school board update. We'll come back and talk more high school football week number seven in the books. We'll look ahead to week eight. Don't forget, stay with us through the night. We've got a lot more football to talk about. Uh, but right now, we'll take a timeout for scoreboard updates with Brendan King on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Well, one of the players that has thrived for Shane Steichen in the Indianapolis Colts offense so far this season, running back Zach Moss, 30 touches last week in the game against Baltimore. He has just been a rushing machine in the absence of Jonathan Taylor as he is still on the physically unable to perform list. By the way, JT is eligible to come off of that list at the end of this week. The question is, will he? And if not, the Colts seemingly have a pretty suitable backup in Zach Moss. He talked about only knowing Steichen now for a couple months, but Coach Steichen getting players to buy in. And we've only been together with Coach Shane for a few months, technically, right? Um, for things like that to show up early in the year, um, you know, that just it says a lot. Moss will again be a fixture of the offense come tomorrow. But again, the offensive line is the question. Bernard Ryman out. Ryan Kelly out. That's left tackle and center. Left guard Quentin Nelson questionable with a toe injury. Braden Smith did not practice on Friday due to a wrist problem. Defensive line DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart both were not involved in practice on Friday afternoon either. So the Colts, at least in the trenches, boy, they are banged up. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish survive in Durham 21-14 over Duke. Sam Hartman eclipsed that final drive with a fourth and 16 run. He got all 16 yards on fourth down and Audric Estime punched one in for 30. His second score of the game. Congrats again to the Indy 11 over Detroit City FC 3-0. The 11 in the 2023 USL Championship Playoffs. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. We resume our conversation with the man who is the best friend football has in our state, inductee into the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, the Indiana Sports Writers and Sports Casters Hall of Fame, and, thank goodness, a friend of mine and the broadcast partner extraordinaire with me on the Perry Show next Sunday night. Paul, uh, week seven, as we talked about in the books, what other games caught your attention? last night we talked about some some good ones there what else uh was jumped out at you last night well, I tell you what, there were some really competitive football games, and I think one that jumps off the page is that Northwood Mishawaka overtime thriller yeah. between yeah. two teams in the Northern Lakes Conference. Uh, Keith Kinder, who who had a tremendous career when he was a high school athlete at Jimtown, has just picked up where Bart Curtis left off, and you know, a big win for Northwood. Uh, uh, you know, once again, Keith going for two in that particular ball game. I thought that was uh, one uh, for the ages, and I think a couple games up in the Northwest in the North central part of the state we can continue to talk about i think uh, you know winnemac with a win against west central west central uh, that's our first loss of the season i think uh, i mentioned earlier in the last segment about new prairie uh, taking on south and riley i mean if you look at that that was riley's first loss of the season they had come into that particular football game they had scored they've given up uh, 30 points in the first mm-hmm. uh, six games new prairie puts 35 on them 
last night. And I think another couple, uh, and then Hanover Central, Hobart game at Hanover Central, of course, is in the Northwest uh, Crossroads Conference for the first time this season. They were able to pick up a big uh, home win against the Hobart Brickies in that particular ball game. Uh, in that game that, that ended up showing us about 800 yards of total offense for both particular teams. Also in that same league, uh, Kankakee Valley had its first win over Lowell. They've only beaten Lowell twice in the last <laughs> 30 years. So that mm-hmm. was a big win for Kankakee Valley last night. Of course, uh, you know, Penn continues to roll three three consecutive shutouts for that group. And uh, I think when it's all said and done, we saw some great football around the Hoosier State. I think Tippecanoe Valley's win against West Lafayette was one of oh, yeah. great significance yeah. there because no. that's a West Lafayette team that has just kind of really taken care of the business at hand for, through many, many years. So I think that was a great, uh, great night of football. And, of course, that Fishers uh, Franklin Central game was a dandy there. And I think as we, uh, you know, Gary West win over Griffith, that's the first time that, that Gary team has beaten Griffith in the history of their football program. Wow. So there wow. was a lot of things that people can hang their heads on. Uh, on this one, it was a good night of high school football. All right. So now, week seven, we're finished. Now we uh, turn our attention to week eight, two more games in the regular season. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we're in that conference championship mode. There's some really crucial games relative to winning championships coming up uh, on Friday night as we get ready for the tournament. I think uh, one right from the get-go is, uh, by the way, congratulations goes out to Bloomington North and head coach uh, uh, Scott Bless as he continues his fine play. That team is off to a great start. They're off to the best yeah, in school's history. And I wanted to mention that here on the program tonight. But how about 22 consecutive wins for Adams Central? Well, they're going to be pressed on the issue uh, because they're going to be on the road at Bluffton on Friday night. Bluffton coming off its first loss of the season to a really, really scrappy heritage team this past week. Bloomington South, their lone loss was to that aforementioned uh, Bloomington North team, uh, 25-24 in overtime earlier. They're going to be on the road at 3-3 three and three Brebuff. I like this game here. 5-2 and two Fishers. Who, of course, Fishers, who, who was able to pick up a couple pick six last night. Mm-hmm. And of course, they've got the outstanding running back, Kobe Martin, who's an IU commit. Uh, they're going to be on the road at uh, uh, the great Jake, if I like to call him. Uh, they like a little bit uh, Coach uh, Gilbert has been able to do at Westfield High School. Mm-hmm. Also, another nice one is going to be unbeaten. New Haven will be on the road at East Noble. Heritage Christian at South Butt should be a, talent, a talent-laden football game. And here's a really important game in the Northern Indiana Conference as Penn, who comes in with four straight wins, matched up against New Prairie. New Prairie uh, has won six straight football games. Those two teams will be busting it out. Sheridan, they have won six straight games. Uh, they're going to be going in against uh, Eastern of Greentown, who's off to a 5-2 and two start. And that Evansville Memorial team, well, we're going to find out how what they're made of after their loss to Wrights, because they're going to be hosting uh, Vincennes Lincoln, who had, who's had a really good year at 5-2. and two. Uh, Five straight wins for South Vermilion. They're going to be on the road at uh, Seeger. And here's a really interesting game, I think, uh, one of our top games this week. 5-2 uh, and two Lawrence, Central, 
Central is going to be at uh, once beaten Center Grove. Of course, Center Grove at six straight wins. They're only only one loss to Indiana right, schools right. in the last four years. The last time the Trojans lost to Lawrence North was in 2005. Wow. Boy, Center Grove, they can flex their muscles and uh, punch out the rest of the Indiana schools if they're going to be able to uh, win on Friday and continue what I think is going to be an unprecedented run in the 6A tournament. All right, so next Sunday, you and I have the honor and privilege to be the hosts for another IHSAA State Finals pairing show. Uh, it's fun. We've talked about a lot of these teams. You're going to hear a lot of this same information coming up next Sunday from uh, 6 o'clock until 8 o'clock on many of these great stations around the state. Um, I can feel the uh, the I wouldn't say tension, but I can. I'm beginning. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely beginning to get focused on it because it's number one. It's so much fun, and and we try. I know I do. I try not to uh, let myself um, think about the numbers of people who are listening and watching because it's an imposing number, and uh, try not to get caught up in making mistakes because we got to get it right, uh, <laughs> and we don't want to embarrass ourselves, and we want to represent as well as we can but uh but it's it's also so much fun to just do because it goes by so fast it's the fastest two hours i've ever spent in my life honestly because we just go boom 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 trying to keep uh things together you know he's shanahan does a, just a really formidable job of just kind of mm-hmm. keeping us on task and i just love the way the format goes and i think it's going to be an exciting time i was blessed last night to have robert falcons on with me he was up at the the valparaiso Maribel game that i was right. broadcasting right. and talking with Robert, just about the excitement of what the state tournament draw is all about. And I don't care what sport it is. It's just neat to be able to, uh, you know, kind of put a signature. It's kind of, I mean, I mean, think about it this way, Coach. And I mentioned this earlier this week to Mia McComish, one of my student interns. She's a senior at, at Concord High School, a soccer player. And she's going to be playing her final, potential final week of uh, high school mm. sports this week. And I asked her just, wow. I says, how, what are you feeling? How, how have, you, have you thought about the finale of it all? Because if you don't, if you can't get out of the tournament, I mean, what are you going to do? And I, right, I would right. just one of the things that I would want every student athlete to do is take five seconds and think about all the work that you've done and all the hard work and all those great team dinners and all the times and all those kids right, you've had a chance right. to interact with. Embrace it because you just never know uh, on you know the big picture of life and uh, how important this is. I mean, you and I are still talking about some of the great moments that we. <laughs> have and some of my right. favorite moments of all right. time in the last 30 years on this program has been listening to you and Mike Gillen talking about uh, some of the great times when you guys faced off when you right. were high school right. athletes that is absolutely what it's all about and uh, you know we can talk you know Bruce Springsteen wrote the great song glory days and I tell yeah. you what there's some great <laughs> moments in those glory days and we should right. we should embrace those glory days because it's uh, there's very few few people get a chance to be a part of those glory days nope, and i think you're right we should embrace right. it he's paul condry my broadcast partner next sunday for the pairing show paul as always a tremendous job wrapping up week seven we'll talk to you next friday night thanks so much great to be with you tonight coach thanks life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Thank you, Paul. Paul Condry, always a great job coming out. We have, uh, listen, we have some college football to talk about. Notre Dame and IU. We're going to get brief reports on those games. It's late. Uh, these games have just wrapped up, and uh, we'll be doing that when we come back. Uh, uh, scoreboard update. So uh, stay with us. We have uh, much more to go, a lot more college football to talk about. And as Paul and I mentioned, please consider joining us on uh, Sunday the 8th, week from tomorrow, for the IHSA pairing show for the football championship. It's always fun, and you'll everyone will be able to find out who's playing whom. And so – um, we're fired up, ready to go, doing our prep, hoping everybody will join us. Short break for the scoreboard update, and then we'll come back and talk more college football on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Colts Rams tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We'll go through your full NFL slate here in just a moment. Here's what you need to know about tomorrow's matchup. Aside from the injuries, this will look nothing like two years ago when these two teams got together, which is a little wild to think about. Now, Matthew Stafford, still the quarterback in L.A., Anthony Richardson starting for Indianapolis. But out of the seven players that caught passes for the Colts back on September 19th, 2020, 21. That's the last time these two teams played. 27-24 the final as L.A. beat Indianapolis. That was Carson Wentz's second game with the Colts. Only two players remain on this Colts roster that are going to play in the game tomorrow. Same case for the Rams. Cooper Cup's not playing. The only two guys still on the roster that caught passes that day for the Rams, Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby, and Higby is questionable tomorrow. So enjoy it, Lucas Oil Stadium at 1 o'clock. But your day does get started at 9.30, Wembley Stadium in London. The Falcons take on the Jaguars. Stateside, things get started at 1 with the Dolphins and the Bills. It's the winless bowl in Chicago between the Broncos and the Bears. Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, somehow, someway, Nathaniel Finch, after the Broncos gave up 70 last week, they are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Chicago. I don't know. Ravens, Browns at one. Bengals, Titans as well. Also at uh, 1 o'clock, including that, the Buccaneers and the Saints. The Commanders take on the Eagles. Vikings face off with the Panthers. Steelers, Texans in Houston. The Raiders and the Chargers at four. Patriots, Cowboys at 425. Same case for the Cardinals and the Niners. Chiefs, Jets, Sunday Night Football. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Let's get right to it. Notre Dame in a dramatic win tonight. Uh, A dramatic win is probably an understatement. The big, solid win uh, for the Irish and with me to talk about this in the win over Duke, Irish 101's Lynn Clark. I am uh, right on in terms of dramatic win, correct? A broadcaster's dream, Bob. Notre Dame on life support. <laughs> under a minute to play, trailing by a point. Facing a fourth and 16, Sam Hartman rolls out, looking for an open receiver, can't find it. Tucks the ball in, picks up the critical first down. 
On the next play, Audric Estime with the 30-yard touchdown rush to put the Irish ahead. They go for the two-point conversion. Hartman finds Rico Flores in the end zone. 21-14, that's how it ends, but not a great way to end the ball game. Notre Dame strips Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback. They recover the fumble with 18 seconds to play, but the Duke quarterback with an ankle injury, we hope he is okay. But Notre Dame with a big win, they improve to 5-1 and one on the season. It's one of those games that you, 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 it's too, I mentioned it earlier. You don't know, but could be a springboard-type ball game. The manner in which they, they hung in, made some plays down the stretch when it, you know, when it didn't look good for them at all, uh, can, in fact, help uh, catapult the team at various times. Yeah, it was a pivotal game. Notre Dame, if it was a loss, a devastating loss, it would have uh, mm-hmm. destroyed the morale. But this is a win that keeps them in right. the hunt. Uh, defense a key in this victory and in the second half we said it was going to be the play of the second half the momentum shifted right. but Notre Dame found a way to win not the greatest game from a fundamental standpoint too many penalties a lot of things that need to be corrected but when you have a win like this it just adds a little bit something when you hit back out on the practice field next week to prepare for Louisville yeah, one of the big keys, obviously, is the offensive uh, execution down the stretch. When you had to make plays, they made big plays. You know, none bigger than Sam Hartman uh, w- with the scramble for the touchdown and, and estimate, obviously, his big run uh, for the win. So those kinds of things came up with plays when they had to, I think, is a good sign, Lynn, for any team. Yeah, and Duke's defense kind of rattled Sam Hartman. The defensive line was letting them in the backfield in a coverage sack that really changed the momentum over, but good teams find a way to win, and he's a competitor, found a way to get the first down, and they get the touchdown, and you know, another last-minute win for the Fighting Irish, and something to build upon, but still a lot of work, a lot of football left to be played. There is certain uh, there's a certain code of decorum uh, when you're in a press box uh, and you're working, but I have to believe you and your colleagues covering Notre Dame violated that and got pretty excited on that last score. Well, when you're covering the home team or you know the team that you cover, it's always good to win. But uh, there is no cheering in the press box. But there is a, right. a, an Irish and Irish eyes were smiling in the press box. <laughs> Uh, no, I've been in my share of press boxes and they always say, you know, not to cheer, but man, oh man, how do you not cheer in a game like that? Well, it's just another game. As I said, a broadcaster's dream. Now, this is what you are in this business for. You you, you wanted to go down to the final seconds. You want the team that you cover to to come up with a big win. And, you know, the work that these kids put in, what they dealt with last week, it's just good to see them come up with a win and, and, and just to build that confidence. And, you know, to, to you know, take a deep breath and say, wow, we survived. But, you know, we are a good team. We found a way to win. But still, you know, something that you can build upon. There are a lot right. of things that need to be corrected. As I said, you can't continue to have the number of penalties that they've had over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. The tackling, yeah. the fundamentals in the second half. But, you know, they found a way to win and just build upon that when it comes Monday. Lynn Clark from Irish 101, the Irish win in dramatic fashion at Duke. They'll be at Louisville next week. Dr. Clark, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Have a safe trip back and enjoy the rest of the weekend. You too, Bob. Thanks very much. Coming up, short break, final break, quite frankly, and then we'll come back and talk some more. 
football. We're talking about IU's uh, matchup with Maryland after this break on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. IU today, tough day uh, at Maryland. Maryland beats him 44-17. John Herrick from the IU Sports Network joins us. John, thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate it. This was a disappointing loss for the Hoosiers. They were they didn't seem to ever be in this football game this afternoon. No, uh, they weren't, Bob. I, I think maybe the glaring positive to take away from it is that, you know, Brendan Soresby did come in. He relieved Taven Jackson at quarterback, and he led IU on a couple of nice touchdown drives late in the game uh, to, to make it you know, closer. Obviously, they were not going to change the outcome, but at least they were able to – maybe they found something on offense that they could build around because the offense has been the, uh, a big part of the issues, but the defense – for some reason has started to give up a lot of big plays over the last few weeks. I mean, the defense looked solid against Ohio State, really good against Indiana State, and then these last three weeks, there's been a lot of big plays given up. So uh, Tom Allen said it very succinctly after the game was over in his post-game press conference. we got a lot to get back to work on. we got to figure out what we're going to do from a personnel and a schematic standpoint uh, over the next uh, couple weeks because I don't think the bye week could have come at a better time for this Indiana football team. Yeah, I mean, I think you go back to the Akron game. They were they, they were having some str- struggles in that game, finding some kind of offensive rhythm. They managed to win. Uh, the struggles continued. It was just a disjointed, uh, out of sync offensive approach today that you know puts a lot of pressure on that defensive unit you're talking about. Yeah, and then you're playing a really good Maryland team that's got that's now five and zero. Uh, their quarterback, right. Tagovailoa, probably probably the best quarterback in the Big Ten, I think. Um, and so, you know, that that's not easy having to face him the week after you faced a, sure. a mobile quarterback in Akron who gave you fits. So uh, the, these are things that they're just going to have to clean up. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Tom does when he decides to go with the quarterback next week, if it's going to be Taven again, or if it'll be Brendan Sorsby uh, when they play Michigan on, on October 14th. And uh, they, they got to get, they got to figure out some uh, ways to execute things. It's going to be, uh, this is a team right now with a lot more questions than answers at this point. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's uh, a team that has, is struggling. It's hard. You'd love to be able to get out uh, of that and, and find a way to win. That's clearly the challenge. John Herrick, I appreciate you staying up late and working hard to get this uh, put together. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. IU losing 44-17. To Maryland. Been a busy day. Enjoy the Colts and the matchup they have tomorrow with the Rams. It's a one o'clock start at Lucas Oil Stadium. Should be a fun game. Real, I mean, actually, should be a fun game. So don't forget to watch that. My thanks, as always, to Brendan King and Nathaniel Finch, fantastic job. Couldn't do it without him tonight. Can't do it without the great stations around the state to bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. And we can't possibly do it without your great uh, support throughout these last 30 years. You made us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports.